today on It's Time. I'm not going to be judged for telling you for what the Word of God says, but people who say this does not mean what it says are going to be judged. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, he's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. So turn there in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. all that hell is, but I know it's a place of torment forever and ever. You know, one of the things that we're going to find as you continue to read through the book of Revelation, it says, true and righteous are your judgments. People say, well, how could a God of love allow these judgments to come upon the world? Maybe that's what God thinks is sin. You ever think about that? Pretty serious. So that tells me that I need to understand what God says is good versus what the world says is good. Because the Bible says there's a way that seems right into a man, but in the end there's destruction. And the Bible says also in the last days, they'll say what is evil is good and good is evil. Do you see that on television? Do you see uh, uh, globally what is evil is good and good is evil? I think anybody can understand that even as Paul says, Romans chapter 1, even nature teaches you certain lifestyles are wrong. No? It's right there. I didn't write it. He did. And it says, here is the patience of the saints. Those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. By the way, they came to Jesus and they said, what is the greatest commandment? Because there's a lot of people who are Judaizers that try to even get Christians to go back under the law again with Saturday worship, with certain dietary laws, all these kinds of things. Where where do we, they came to Jesus. What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, to love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And then because God always does more than we ask, he says, and the second is likened unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. But then Jesus said something that rocked the Jewish world. He really rocked the Torah. He said, upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, everything that the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments were about, was to love God and love your fellow men. Upon these two hang all along the prophets. When you read in the New Testament where Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, people go, get back under the law again. No, 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 no. That's not Jesus' commandments. Jesus' commandments was to love God and love your fellow man. Doesn't that make it a lot easier? Boy, you take all those uh, laws of the Old Testament and all the, the laws that they had come up with and the interpretation of the laws, and then it all simplifies down to two. Love God, love your fellow man. Wow. You know what that speaks of, don't you? That speaks of a relationship, not a religion. God, I love you, and you, all you want me to do is love people. So, In other words, my hands are your hands. My heart is your heart. My, my resources are yours. I, I want to be about your business. See, that's what God's saying. But what man does 
with the laws, the Ten Commandments and all the Old Testament laws. He tries to justify himself with that. I don't do this. I don't do that. I do this. I don't do that. Look how good I am. God goes, I'm not impressed. Because you can do all those things, but like he said concerning the Pharisees, don't, don't do as they, they do. What they say is okay, but what they're doing is wrong. In other words, you can have a form of godliness by keeping the laws, but your heart can be far from God. So the thing is, do you want a legal relationship with God or do you want a love relationship with God? Do you want a personal relationship with God or do you want to approach God through legalism? Look what I did, look what I didn't do. Look, you know, Hey, a real true child of God, where we can truly say, as Jesus said, our Father which art in heaven, your kids don't come to you saying, look at how good I am. They just go, Daddy. Oh, if we can always remember that. We'll be so much freer. He says, the patience of the saints. Keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works will follow them. By the way, that's a really important thing. Their works follow them. Do you realize that when you're dead, mom, dad, the influence that you had in your children's life will live on? Do you realize also, worldly person, that you've never received Christ as your Savior? Do you realize your works are following you too? Think of the lie that uh, Darwin came up with of evolution. No facts for it. DNA disproves it. There are no transitory or, or um, um, transitional life forms. Transitory means momentary life forms that would move you from a dog to a cat. That's transitory. Uh, um, and and um, we have to realize that there are no living examples. There are no dead examples. No fossils, nothing living you always hear about, hear about the, the, the green people. This year, over 100 species will go extinct, all because of man's carbon footprint. What's your big problem, dude? Hey, if you're truly an evolutionist, there's going to be a whole bunch of new species next year anyway. So how can you really have them going extinct when according to what you preach, evolution, there's going to be a whole bunch of new ones? So there's not too much to get on about, is there really? Because you see, evolution is still going on. We're trading up. And by the way, where are the people, where are the monkeys that are trading up? You know, it's not there. Oh, and they get all just queasy in the knees. We found a tooth of the missing link. And it's on newspapers around the world. And then they find out it was a tooth from an extinct pig. True. Or here's the missing link. And it shows this kind of thing. See, that's right when he first started standing up, only to find out it was a man with osteoporosis, he, he, he was just a hunched over old man. Kind of wrecks our whole story. There should be billions and billions of fossils of transitional life forms. They're not there. 
There should be billions of people trading up right now. Hey, I can see you're not quite a human being yet. Now, I got to admit, I got to admit, playgrounds of America where monkeys become humans, I don't know. But anyway, you, you see this go on and you go, my goodness, what in the world are you believing? Well, the truth is you tell people the truth, they won't believe you. This is one of the great problems that they have. Your works follow you. Imagine again, Darwin. And then those that know it's a lie, like professors and teachers in school. I believe there's going to be a judgment on those for doing that. Here's why. Because they know and teach a lie. Talking people out of their faith. Yes, your works follow. Yeah, you might die, but the lie that you started whether you're a cult leader, a Darwin, or somebody else-ism that's out there, I believe those works follow you. So you can have their have goodness and mercy, as David said, shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Or I believe you can have wickedness and darkness and things that are perverse follow you as well. That's why it's important to get saved. Because not only does God forgive you of your sins, but he lays an ax to those things that would go on beyond the grave, and influence people the wrong way. So important. So he says, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the, thr- on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap. The time has come for you to reap. The harvest of the earth is ripe. In other words, man's wickedness has now come to full fruition. How wicked can the world get? This is how wicked it gets. It finally comes. And back, we read a couple chapters back, man would not repent of their evil ways. Well, it says here, verse 16, so he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle to the earth, the earth was reaped Another angel came out of the temple, which was in heaven, also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire and cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the cluster of the vine of the earth, for the grapes are fully ripe. And so the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, gathered the vine of the earth, threw it in the great winepress of the wrath of God, and the winepress was trampled outside of the city, and blood came out of the winepress up to a horse's bridle, 1,600 furlongs. Boy, this is going to be a real mess. Man wanted a world without God, tries to take it out of every form of... You know what's really weird? Just things that make you go, hmm. Have you heard about um, that uh, having a manger scene in a city park is unconstitutional. Have you heard that one? Having, uh, and, and you think about this for a minute, friends. Having manger scenes, they were doing this back right when America first became a country. And so for hundreds of years, it was perfectly legal. And then some clowns come along and say it's unconstitutional. It was constitutional when they did it. It's like people coming along and saying, well, you can't have a gun because it's unconstitutional. 
We've had them since the Civil War or since the Revolutionary War. What are you talking about? It's unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional. Well, we have separation of church and state. And you ask the average American, do you believe the Constitution says separation of church and state? And they will say yes. Why? Because the lie has been told so often and so much, people believe it's either in the Bill of Rights or it's in the Constitution. Do you know it is in the Constitution? It's in the Russian Constitution, not in the American Constitution, the separation of church and state. Thomas Jefferson wrote that to a Baptist minister saying the government has no right to interfere with the rights of a church. That was where the statement of separation of church and state came from. It didn't come from the, the Constitution. It didn't come from the Bill of Rights. It was a private letter Thomas Jefferson wrote a Baptist minister saying the government has to stay out of church affairs. But the average American doesn't know that. And of course, kids taught in school today aren't told these things. These are the problems. So when we understand how serious this is, verse 15, or verse 1 of chapter 15, we're going to hurry here. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the last plagues. For in them the wrath of God is complete. In other words, it's in. When, when it's complete, it's done. Jesus is going to come back and reign. And then I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have victory over the beast, over his image, and over the mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Now, this is interesting. We find the saints being given a harp as well, and it says, they sing a song of Moses, and the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying. Now this is what the tribulation saints sing. They are musicians. They help lead worship, I guess. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. And by the way, this is reminiscent of Deuteronomy 32 as well as um, Exodus 15. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, glorify your name? For you alone are holy, all the nations of the world shall come and worship before you, and your judgments have been manifested. And after these things, behold, the temple and the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And out of the temple came seven angels, having seven plagues, clothed with pure, bright linen, having their chests girded with golden bands. I believe this is exactly what John saw. I don't think this is in any way metaphorically speaking. And one of the four living creatures said to the seven angels of the seven bowls, full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever, the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and his power, and no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. So we find this big change now. This is the very last judgment of God. But notice it says the first bowl, then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go pour out your bowls of wrath of God on the earth. So the first went and poured his bowl upon the earth and a foul running sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. Now, whether the sore is caused by the mark, maybe ink or something, some reaction, maybe it's a chip under the skin, 
Whatever it is, those that had the mark have this running, oozy sore that comes upon the people of the earth. The second angel poured out the bowl on the sea, and it became a sea of a dead man, and every living creature in the sea died. That did not happen, friends, in 70 AD. Replacement theology is bogus. And somebody says, well, that doesn't mean what it says. I suggest you read Revelation 22. Because like I say, I'm not going to be judged for telling you for what the Word of God say. But people who say this does not mean what it says are going to be judged. See, that's why you know the authority of God's Word. When the, <laughs> why do you think Revelation 22 is there? If you take out of God's Word, He's going to take your name out of the book of life. If you add, God's going to add to you the plagues of this book. Then the second, again, angel, uh, the, the, every living thing in the sea dies. Um, by the way, they said if that happened, they said they estimate that for 20 miles on all the shorelines on the earth would have dead animals going out 20 miles. So in other words, if you went down to the pier, you look across, you can imagine the smell, the stench. I don't know how many people have ever smelled rotten seafood. Oh man, not good. 20 miles out. Now imagine the breeze is coming off the ocean picking up all that smell all over the earth. Ain't going to be good. Then the third angel poured his bowl out on the rivers of springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is, who was, and who is to be, because you have judged these things. And by the way, this is speaking of Jesus Christ. Notice it says, Who was, and who is to be? Again, who is, who was, who is to come? That's speaking of Jesus. For you have shed your blood of for you have you have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and you will be given blood to drink, for it is their just due. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. In other words, people are going to say, this seems to be so hard. No, true and righteous are your judgments. I I think when we get to heaven someday and we'll say, oh, what about Uncle Fred? I'm going to miss him so much in heaven. I think God, when he shows you the whole picture, you're going to look and see the life of Uncle Fred or Aunt Emma, and you're going to see, and you'll you'll see the things they did, and you'll go, yep, going to miss you, but true and righteous are your judgments. I, I think we have to just leave judgment in the hands of God. And so he said, the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun and power was given him or it to scorch men with fire. And again, some people maybe think this might be a supernova of the sun or some uh, cosmic anomaly where the talk about global warming. (laughs) Yeah. Men were scorched with the great heat. And they blasphemed the name of God who had power over these plagues, but they did not repent and give him glory. Fifth angel poured out his on the throne of the beast and his kingdom became full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain and the blasphemies of the the God of heaven because their pains and their sores and they did not repent of their deeds. Again, this was God's whole heart was for them to repent. They just wouldn't do it. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates and its waters were dried up. And so the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. In the Greek, the word kings of the east is 
the land of the rising sun. It's interesting that China and both Japan had uh, a rising sun on their flag initially. Then I saw the three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. By the way, you have the unholy trinity here. You have the beast, the false prophet, the antichrist, and they're spirits of demon performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the, to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. This is speaking of the battle of Armageddon. Now we find words in red, Jesus saying, Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into the place in the Hebrew called Armageddon, this valley of Megiddo. Now, by the way, it says, behold, I'm coming as a thief. I think this is Jesus saying, be ready when he comes. Now, a thief doesn't come in the clouds. A thief comes at night to take something. And what's valuable to God? You. People. Remember that. We'll stop right here. But when we look at this, there's a lot of things that we see that that happen. This brings us up to the Battle of Armageddon. Um, Right before Jesus comes back, if you were probably putting this in a timeline, this would probably be six and a half years into the tribulation period. And so you realize that uh, this world's going to face a lot of sorrow. I believe that's why God has left us here. Again, not to be terrified of the book of Revelation, but to be witnesses for him while we can, again, The people you may talk to may not be here tomorrow, or we may be raptured and we won't be here tomorrow. Whichever it is, let your light shine while you can. If you're not a Christian here this morning, we're going to pray. And you can ask God to lay an ax to those things of your past and those wicked things that would happen in the future. You see, he died on the cross for you, so you wouldn't have to die in your sins. Because your sins are what separate you from God. Sins are what separated the people on the earth from being in heaven with God. This is what God thinks is sin. And when you look at Revelation, you see they would not repent of their deeds. Why? Hard-heartedness. I'm going to do it my way. And God says, you'll die in your sins. You were never meant to do it your way. You were meant to do it God's way. And that's why you find no satisfaction in the world. That's why you can, you can have whatever it is you want and you'll get tired of it and move on to something else because your heart has not been settled. Only God settles. This morning, if you've never prayed and received Christ as your Savior, let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I believe you died on the cross for me and your blood covered my sins. So from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I believe Jesus died for me. And so now, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. And may I be about your business from this day on in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that welcome to God's family. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website 
at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.